1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. Let's pick up uh, just a few verses in review. 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how many of you are in Christ tonight? Amen. He is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Uh, chapter 5, verse 21, God made him, that is Jesus, to be, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ephesians 2, 6, and God raised him up, excuse me, and God raised us up with him, with Christ, and seated us to be, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him, with the Father, in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 1, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has, has prepared in advance for us to do. That verse always brought me encouragement because I began to see, well, it was a long time back now, though, that whatever I was facing that seemed so daunting, he had been there and he had prepared the way. He had been there and he had prepared the way. And then also... Satan will lie to us and try and get us to believe that we're up against something nobody's been up against. Uh, we're up against something brand new nobody's ever faced before. Although I think in 2020 there might have been an argument for that. But, uh, you know, that in other words, uh, we're all alone and all of this stuff. But the Bible says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And so what I taught myself to do when I was a young man is I, would, I, would, I taught myself to say this, Lord, you've already been here, and you have this covered. Lord, you are, you've already been here, and you know what to do. And uh, when, when I would talk like that to myself and rehearse that to myself, I just calmed me down and gave me confidence that even if what I was to do and how I was to handle a situation was not immediately apparent, it would become apparent. Colossians 1.12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of life. All this is past tense. Colossians 1.13 and 14, for he has rescued us. King James says, delivered us. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into. King James says, translated us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. These are verses and the reason I line them up like this tonight is these would be good to commit to memory. These verses would be good to meditate upon. And then that leads us to Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We don't mean to brag on ourselves, but you know this series, uh, Taking Action Today for a Better Tomorrow, and inside of that series, three messages on crazy faith, the things that we have been able to do, we have done by exercising these principles in the Word of God. Years ago, one night at dinner at our house, uh, Austin told Ed Young Jr. and Lisa, 
the story of us pioneering in the hotel, buying land, designing a building, building a building, and moving from the hotel to our own building. And Ed Young Jr. said, he said, he said, I've never even heard of that. He said, I mean, and, and that's a guy that's accomplished a heck of a lot and been around and heard a lot of stories. He said, I've never even heard of that. You can do anything. Amen. You can do anything. See, because we don't know who we are. That's why we're doing this in the midst of this series on faith and prayer. We don't know who we are. Once we discover who we are, nothing's impossible. Amen. Because nothing's impossible for him. Amen. So I want you to see that you hold exactly the same position that Paul held. That's hard to believe. It's hard to swallow. It's hard to accept. But you hold exactly the same position that Paul held. Paul was not any more saved than you are sitting here tonight. Paul didn't have a higher place in Christ than you do here tonight. Uh, God didn't love Paul any more than he loves you here tonight. I sat in T.L. Osborne's living room once years ago, and he said, everybody thinks that we have spent our lives trying to talk God's people into having faith in God. He said, anybody can have faith in God. He said, we have spent our lives trying to get God's people to believe in themselves, trying to talk God's people into having faith in themselves. And if you haven't figured out all this brouhaha going on about this law that they just passed in Florida, uh, the world is doing everything it can to damage children's self-esteem. This is what it's all about. Because people that don't have any self-esteem make government their God. They look to government as God and they vote for more government because they have no self-esteem. Self-esteem actually, in some ways, let me say it this way. Faith in God almost needs to be based on faith in oneself. I think that, let me say it this way, I think they go hand in hand uh, to a large degree. See, because once I see who I am in Christ Jesus, I come to believe I can do all things. That's what Paul is saying here in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so, But he gets a reaction. You know, we dealt with that. We touched on that last Sunday. We're going to deal with that this coming Sunday. He gets a reaction because uh, there's something in the heart of human beings that they don't like to see other people rise. And when you begin to see who you are in Christ and uh, you begin to say who you are in Christ and you begin to believe God and things start changing in your life and God starts showing up. Not everybody's happy about it. So you just have to get your mind right about that. Colossians 1, 28 and 29, we proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor struggling with all the, his energy which so powerfully works in me. So we struggle with his energy. And... Uh, You know, I know people wonder uh, how I can just keep going. I have people, you know, people that don't really know me that well work at the house, and they're surprised I'm still working. Um, we're, we're not operating in, in our energy. We're operating in his energy. Amen. And uh, that's part of what daily prayer is for me. You know, I, 
I get up in the morning some mornings, man, I tell Sue, I'm, I'm dragging, you know. I got to get my vitamin B12, and I got to get some caffeine. And But uh, an hour or two later, man, I'm ready to slay, slay demons. Amen. I'm ready to take on the devil. I'm ready to, you know, do impossible things. You just got to get up and move. Uh, even Clint Eastwood understands this. He said he gets up every day and, and tells the old man not to, not to show up. Uh, you know, you just, you just keep going. Amen. Amen. But we're not operating in our energy. We're not operating in our strength. We're operating in his energy. We're operating in his strength. Amen. Say it out loud. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. So Paul here is talking about the new creation man. The verse, the 29th verse, to this end, I labor struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. And he's, he's constantly leading and guiding. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me into the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I think that may be one of the greatest secrets of our lives is that we didn't treat the baptism in the Holy Spirit as an experience. We treated him as a person. He is my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. And uh, I assume, I assume he'll tell me what to do. A lot of times in my life, I'll just say to him, you know, almost as an aside, you know, I'm not sure what to do about that. I'm not sure how to handle that, but it'll come to me. And uh, it comes to me. Amen. And uh, he leads me and guides me. And he's my shepherd, so I suffer no lack. Listen, all of us are tempted when we come into knowledge to, you know, that, that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. We're tempted to make it drink, and we can't do that. And so our strategy most of our lives has been more of, I call it a bird seed strategy. And uh, <laughs> I remember sitting on uh, Sue's parents' porch, and uh, I won't name which relative because you never know who's watching. Although I'm convinced, you know, none of them are watching because, you know, they do better. But uh, one, of, one of Sue's relatives, you know, I'm trying to just, I, I call it a bird seed strategy. You know, and I was just telling him something I just learned in prayer, you know, and, and he said, oh, I know that. I learned that years ago. And uh, so I walked in the house and changed my tickets and left the next day. Yeah, because, you know, because based on Saturday's message, right, what would I say? I don't want to what? I don't want to hear that. Amen. So I just, you know, I told so I said, well, you have a wonderful week, but I'm going. Amen. And then that same relative texted me. I didn't know, I didn't know your time here was going to be sh so short. We didn't have any time to spend together. And, <laughs> and, and it took all of my willpower to say I spent enough time with you <laughs> to not say I spent enough <laughs> But I'm just saying, you know, so that's all we do, man. Just a little bird seed, you know, just give, point them in the right direction, you know, just because if they wanted to get it, they'd get it. If they wanted to understand it, they'd understand it. If they wanted to achieve, they'd achieve. They would have figured it out along the way. They would have gotten a hold of whatever information they needed. So, 
Yes, we want to love people. Yes, we want to witness to people. Yes, we want to help people. Yes, we want to get them the information that they need to change their lives. But you can't make them drink. You can't do it for them. Just got to, you know, drop the bird seed. Amen. And, and it's kind of, you could be judging me right now, but let me tell you what. I'm the little boy that sat in Sunday school and when the teacher went over the words of Jesus, let him who has to hear, to hear, let him hear, let him who has eyes to see, let him see. I'm the little boy who thought, that's pretty rugged. But see, all these years later, well, that's what I come to. Let him who has eyes to see, see. Let him who has ears to hear, hear. It's a, it's a predisposition of the heart. Amen. You know, people, and then... And then I, I listened to one of my own messages. I think that was from the Holy Week Revival 2021. And I told the story about as recently as 1989. We didn't have anything outside of retirement accounts hardly. And, uh, and I told the story about how that we heard Fred Price for the first time in June of 1988 at the Maybe Center, Oral Roberts meeting, Charismatic Bible Ministries, and, and the way I told the story, that was Holy Week Revival last year, I believe it was. I said, but I needed a few more beatings. I needed, I needed, I needed a few more whippings. I had to go to the woodshed. I had to let the devil beat me up a few more times because it wasn't until 89 that we got serious and put a muzzle on our mouths and clamped down on our speech and, and began to get serious about confession in our lives. So in other words, you can have the information right, right there in front of you, but you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Just need a few more beatings. <laughs> the beatings will continue until morale improves. Amen. You know, in other words, because so it's not just even having access to the information. People have got just got to come to the place where they say, you know, I've had it doing it the way I, I used to do it. I've had it doing it the way mom and dad did it. I've had it doing it the, the way everybody else is doing it. Okay, I'm going to try God's way and just see what happens. Amen. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes to change your life. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 3.20. See, because Paul says, Paul says, to this end, I labor, struggling with all his energy. A lot of people have all kinds of things going on in their lives because they're trying to do it. I'm from Detroit, and, and I grew up fighting. I, I distinctly remember my last fight was in junior high school. And uh, uh, it's just the way, I mean, we just grew up fighting. You didn't back up. You didn't rat. You, 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 you certainly, you didn't turn a cheek, not where I grew up. Amen. And uh, so when I was a young man and people would attack me or say things that were terrible or untrue, you know, I'd, I'd tend to defend myself because that was my nature. But there came a point studying, and this is where the annual Bible reading is so helpful, but there came a point in my life studying the life of Moses where I saw that he never defended himself. And I learned a great and powerful lesson. It's hard, but I learned to say to the Lord, I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm going to let you handle that. And then not let myself think about it. 
because if I think about it, I'll get worked up about it, and just hand it to them. And uh, last time I was in, preached for Bud Sickler. No, I wasn't Bud Sickler. It was Joshua Akali in Mombasa, Kenya. Uh, we were all, there were things going on. We were busy. I took Aaron Wood with me. And he told me on that trip, he said, you know, I could, I could write a book and call it The Wake of the Dead. And people that had opposed us over the years, and, and they're just not, not around. I mean, they're gone. And the last time something like that came up a few years ago, the Lord spoke to me, said, my defense of you is ferocious. My point is not to talk about that. My point is to say, we, we, we try and handle stuff ourselves. And the power is letting God work on our behalf. Amen. But see, it takes faith to take it to God and leave it there. Because what we want to do is we want to take it to God, tell him all about it, and then pick up the problem and then go back to work on it. It's a, it's a faith exercise to take it to the Lord, say, I'm going to let you handle that, and I'm not even going to touch it. Whatever you decide to do. And then there have been times... As time goes by in your walk with the Lord, the Lord will come along and he'll say to me sometimes, what do you want me to do about that? And the most devastating thing I can say is, well, you just handle that any way you see fit. I trust you with it. Because his response is going to be at a whole nother level Amen. than my response. Amen. See, he's, he's our father. And how many of you have children here tonight? Let me see your hand. If you have children, how quick are you to defend them? How about this? How quick are you to defend them? Pretty quick. See? But if, if we go out there and we, we got to defend ourselves and, and handle this and handle that, well, he'll let us. But I learned many years ago in the annual Bible reading, studying Moses, that he didn't defend himself. And the Lord defended him. In fact, Moses, the Lord was so ferocious in his defense of Moses, Moses had to plead the case of the people and, and cry out for mercy. Because, you know, God's solution was, well, stand aside and I'll kill them all. That's right. And then I'll make a nation out of you. Now, some of my words in the last five minutes may be surprising to you, but you have to understand this about God that he's a businessman, and his business is the gospel. And stop and think about what he has invested in the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then think about what they did to his son. They tied him to a whipping post. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails. They peeled the flesh off his back and the back of his legs. They mocked him. They put a crown of thorns on him. They, they gambled for his garment. They stripped him down to, you know, next to no clothing. They hung him on a cross. They spit on him. They said, if you are the son of God, come down. So you don't want to get on the wrong side of God when it comes to his business. And his business is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so... Even with regard to ministers that may not be your cup of tea, just keep your mouth off them. Yes. 
In other words, in other words, you don't have to support them. You don't have to watch them. You don't have just. And there are ministers that I don't watch on purpose because I don't want my mouth going off on it. Do you understand? In other words, because where where words are many, sin is not absent. And so, thing to do is just keep your mouth off it. Amen. Amen. And then there's people out here. Let's let's face it. They, they're not our cup of tea, but they're winning people to Jesus. Leave them alone. Amen. Amen. Let them operate at their level. But see, again, our nature is we want to get in there and fix them. Well, you can't. Amen. You can't. You can't. And listen, you have to understand, we're smart. We know what's going on. And so we have, we have people here, and we have people we support. We have missionaries we support. Not, it's, it's not, not everybody's operating at the level we're operating at. But there are no perfect people. And you can't hold people to an unreasonable standard. And you have to understand that the world's getting darker. And uh, so we support people and they may not exactly you know, teach it the way we teach it, but we love them, we bless them. Sometimes we have them in to speak. But uh, stop demanding perfection of people. See, we, we need to agree on the basics. That Jesus was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he had no natural father, his father was God, that he died on our behalf, that God did not suffer his Holy One to see corruption. God raised him from the dead. We need to agree on the basics. Past that, the issues are more stylistic, and we can overlook, a lot. We can overlook stylistic differences. But we, we, what we don't overlook at Faith Christian Center, since I'm on that, we don't overlook charlatanism. And so if somebody's into nefarious stuff, well, we don't talk about them. We don't want to sin, but... There's no point in bringing them in, no point in sending them money, no point in fellowshipping with them. Amen. Amen. But we don't talk about them. Just give it to God. See, God, we happen to believe that God is big enough to handle his personnel problems. And they may be helping somebody somewhere at some level. They may be helping somebody somewhere at some level. So it may not be, they may not be able to help me, but they may be helping somebody somewhere at some level. So you just leave them, you leave them alone. You leave them be. Amen. You have to understand our perspective. It's not like it was. It's not like it was. When we started this church January 1, 1984, that summer, we went up to the Kenneth Hagin camp meeting and I don't remember who the speakers were. The only ones that got my attention were Kenneth Hagin himself, Kenneth Hagin Sr., and John Osteen. I'd never heard John Osteen until uh, June of 1984. He, was, he struck me as being very different. Remember, we rode that, rode that elevator with him, and he was, he was different. You know, he had never been around that. And, uh, but I was very intrigued by what he had to say. But all that's gone. There's no word at that level. Not that I know of. Not that I know of. And I know it's frustrating to Austin. 
You know, there, were, there was a day in America, man, we could go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, we could go to the Charismatic Bible Ministries, and we could hear uh, Wally Hickey prophesy and sing, and we could hear Buddy Harrison prophesy and sing, and, and we could hear uh, T.L. Osborne and Kenneth Hagin and Oral Roberts in and, and one meeting. That's all gone. That's all gone. If you, and if you really want to stop and think about it, what's been leaving the earth is what's alarming because what's been leaving the earth is anointing. Oh, there's ministers everywhere. There's more ministers than there are 7-Elevens. But uh, you get as much spirituality out of them as you do a 7-Eleven. But Paul says, verse 29, to this end I labor struggling with all his energy. And that's how we do this impossible stuff. We let him work. We let him work. See, we want to do the work. That's why when you pray for the sick, you're tempted to pray your best prayer. We want to do the work. The secret is to let him work. And then give him the credit, the glory, and the honor. Amen? So Paul's speaking of the new creation man. And the power is at work within us. We've been re rehearsing this on Sundays, Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. And that's who I serve. He is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine. We never saw any of this. You have to understand that. We never saw any of this. We never saw any of it. You know, we were living in $84 a month seminary housing, a little duplex, 4084 Merida Drive. You ought to go over there and look at it. And... Uh, and that's where we live. And I took Sue over to the Mercedes store. There used to be a Mercedes store in West Fort Worth, and they had a, a red SL convertible in the front. Red SL, black top, uh, saddle leather color, seats. I said, get in it, baby. And I just wanted to see what she looked like sitting in that SL, amen? And, uh, you know, it was open. And we didn't steal it or nothing. I mean, just sit in it. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, so, but, but to think that there would come a day where that would be nothing to us, we never had that thought. We, we literally thought that we'd probably never sit in one again, maybe never touch one again. We didn't see any of this. I assure you, when we were meeting in one-third of the ballroom of the Ramada Inn, which was so wonderful, they've knocked it down, uh, <laughs> we, we didn't see this. We didn't see this. We didn't see blowing a million bucks on uh, refreshing a facility and not even batting an eye. We, never, we didn't see blowing a, a million bucks on updating TV equipment and never batting an eye. We never saw any of this. But we learned to let him do the work. Now, we're working all the time. Don't misunderstand me, but we're working with him. See, he's, he's our partner. He's the senior partner is the way uh, Paul Yonggi Cho, the founder and pastor of the world's largest church until he went to be with the Lord, used to teach it. We are partners with him, but he is the senior partner. He calls the shots. And he does the heavy lifting. We work with him. We work with him. We don't do the work for him. We work with him. He works through us. He works through us. And if we will let him work through us, then we can do impossible things. Say it out loud. If we will let him 
work through us. He will do impossible things. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what this country needs. This country needs more Christian billionaires. I mean, oh my gosh, this one guy swung that last election. Now it's all come out. It was all illegal. Uh, I forgot if it was $500 million or $900 million he threw into that last election. And the way he did it, uh, all of it was illegal. But I only, I can, standing here tonight, I only know of one full gospel billionaire in the entire country. What if there were a hundred? What if there were a hundred born again full gospel billionaires across the country? We'd live in a different country. Amen. Well, Pastor, you can't think it's all about money. Well, who's controlling the narrative? Who's controlling the media? Who's controlling the TV shows you're watching? Who's controlling uh, the movies you're watching? Who's controlling the entertainment? Who's controlling everything? Rich, rich folk. See, that's why, that's why, oh my gosh, I feel a week of increase coming on. That's why Satan came along and told the church, you know, you, ought, you don't want any of that filthy lucre. <laughs> you, you ought not have any, any of this world's goods. And the devil just talked God's people out of uh, success and prosperity and blessing, but he talked, he talked Christians out of having any influence. It's a heartbreak. And you have to understand where we're at, man. We're just doing our, we're just doing our part. We're just doing our part. Like during the, during the, uh, the, the, uh, the lockdown closure that the governor and the lieutenant governor of Texas deny ever happened, I remember I went out of my way to hire people to do stuff, do yard work, do painting, do this, do that. Sue came home one day during the lockdown and she said, she said, you know, if we were in a different state, they would arrest you for all this activity you got going on here. But I was just trying to do my little part, you know, to, to bolster the economy, just trying to do my little part. Well, that's what we're doing at Faith Christian Center. We're just, we're just doing our part. But if you'll get it, if I got any ministers watching, just, you know, take those scriptures. I just rehearsed get in, rehearse and meditate the Pauline revelation to yourself and begin to allow God to work through you. You can do anything. You can, you can do impossible things. Amen. And the Lord will give you. Listen, how do you know if it's God? If you can do it in your own strength, that's not the Lord talking to you. The Lord will, tell you to, the Lord will come along and tell you to do impossible things. When, 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 when you hear a voice tell you to do something impossible, that's God. Because if it's not impossible, what do you need the Lord for? Amen. Amen. And so I've learned to not be afraid. Say it out loud. I'm going to get there. And not be afraid. February 1997, I'm, I'm walking and praying in Mombasa, Kenya. I was preaching for Bud Sickler at night. And uh, the Lord spoke to me to give him the half million dollars to put the roof on that church, turned into $600,000 later. But I remember him life coaching me. He said, you don't think you can do it. I looked up January of 1997, I think it was, uh, it was either $167,000 the church had on hand or the opposite, $176,000, something in that ballpark. And, and this is a half million dollars, man, we didn't have it. And the Lord said, you don't think you can do it, but he said, I'm telling you, you can. And I, and I, I, I heard him and then I took action. And T.L. Osborne used to say, say that the, the key to the whole thing is to say yes to God. That's all you got to do. Tell your neighbor, just say yes to God. Yeah. Tell the neighbor on the other side, just say yes to God. See, 
until you can bring yourself to say yes to God, you're not going to say anything impossible. You're not going to get out of the boat and walk on the water. Jesus said to Peter, come. And Peter, and, and we criticized Peter because he began to sink. Yeah, but he did something ain't nobody here done. He walked on water. Now he got his eyes on the wind and he got his, his focus on the, on the waves and, the, and, and he got distracted and he began to sink. But he walked on water for a little bit there. But see, the point is, <laughs> he got out of the boat. And how many people have never gotten out of the boat? They stay, they, like Keith Green used to sing, they want to stay where it's warm and secure. You know, we like it in Egypt because they give us free food. Yeah, but you're a slave. Yeah, but they give us free food. In fact, they, we have leeks and, and onions and, and melons. Yeah, but you're a slave. Yeah, but, yeah, but we, we eat steady. See, this is where America is right now. Sleep in the light. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Say it out loud. His power power is at work within us. His power power is at work within me. So this work is not our work. This work is not our work. I hope you understand. You don't even know how blessed you are. But we are people actually of integrity. There's nothing... There's nothing on this 55 acres that I own except the truck that's outside. I don't own anything here. Austin doesn't own anything here. So he doesn't own, in other words, if we passed, it would be here. And you have every right to expect it to be here because you gave. And the flip is true. That uh, church doesn't own anything. I mean, I got nothing in my house that the church owns. There's a grievous evil going on. I'm not going to mention names, but they're liquidating churches, selling the properties, and they're saying, well, we're just going to, since we're doing church online, we're just going to keep doing church online, and we're going to, and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars. Where's that money going? And people can't go to church anymore. What does the Lord think? I said, what does the Lord think? You you came and you gave. You have every right to expect this to be here next week. You have every right to expect that this will be here next year. You have every right. And it will be. Because that's the way it's set up. Amen. Amen. So this work is not our work. It's his work. We work for him. We actually don't work for him. We work with him. It is his work, and and he did the work. See, the reason I can operate with such (laughs) certainty is because he did the work 2,000 years ago. The reason I can... The reason I can move and speak and operate with such certainty is because he did the work 2,000 years ago. He did, he did the work. And everything he did, he did for us. He didn't do anything for himself. People have trouble. You know, I don't know what happened to that law. They were, it was before their 
parliament or Congress, whatever they call it in Italy. I never read what happened to that law, but there was a law they were going to vote on a few months back prohibiting ministers from teaching and preaching out of the book of Genesis. Because, you know, you only have two genders in the book of Genesis, and then there's other stories about God being upset about lifestyle choices in the book of Genesis. And uh, it's his work. I'm not in charge. I don't have a right to change his book. I don't have a I don't have a right to edit his book. It's his work. So, and if you haven't figured it out, <laughs> you read the book of Ezekiel, you read the book of Daniel, you read the book of Revelation. Man, we are marching right through them. It's astounding. So apparently, he did know what he was talking about. Apparently, those prophets of old did know what they were talking about. Sue and I stood in that cave in Patmos, on the island of Patmos, where John wrote the book of Revelation. And apparently, he knew what he was talking about. Apparently, he did have a revelation. Because no man, no man could have invented what he wrote in the book of Revelation. And it be as spot on as it is. So it's his work. Say it out loud. It's his work. And then you have to have that perspective if you're helping in the children's church or you're helping in the nursery or, you know, whatever you're doing. You know, it's, it's his work. You're helping in his work. You're, you're a part of his work. You know, there's more word going on in our children's churches at Faith Christian Center than in the pulpits of most churches in America. I mean, literally, our children's church workers at Faith Christian Center are actually more competent ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ than what's in a lot of pulpits in America. So it's when we help, you know, we're helping, we're, we're helping in his work. So it's incumbent upon us to hear this and believe this and confess this and take action upon this. And whatever it is you need in your life. So this series is on faith and prayer. Whatever you need, you've got you've to hear, you've got to believe, you've got to confess, you've got to take action on the Word of God. You've got to find scriptures that cover your situation, but also you have to find, based on Saturday's message, the Power Lunch, you've got to find what you need to listen to. Amen. You've got to find what you need to listen to. Uh, I sent Austin and Aaron couple, a few years back to St. Louis, a friend of ours there, David Crank, had built a building. I said, go up there and look at it. You know, tell me what he did. So uh, they're up there, and David Crank asked Austin, said, you know, what, what conferences does your dad go to? He didn't go anywhere. Uh, who does your dad listen to? He listens to Hagen and Osteen and Price. Well, nobody current? No. I think he was kind of maybe disappointed, you know. I wasn't listening to, you know. But anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> I got to find what works for me. I got to find what I can feed on. You understand? I, I, I can't do, I can't do these feats of faith if I'm eating spiritual Captain Crunch. See, and I got, I, and then I, there was a season in my life 20, 30 years ago. I listened to Rush Limbaugh, but I, I decided that was unproductive. You just get all worked up about stuff you can't change anyway. You know, so. 
I, I don't, I can't listen to that, and uh, can't listen to rap because then that gets in your spirit. Can't listen to the blues. Can't li- country western music. You know, somebody killed my dog and took off with my wife. I can't listen to that. <laughs> so, you know, I got to find something I can feed on. I can yeah. feed on that's going to help me. Amen. Amen. And uh, and I, I watch and listen to my own stuff. Somebody might think, well, you're self-serving. Well, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, there was there, last week, last week in every vehicle I got in and I heard Sue Lingerfeld talking about crazy faith, you know. So it didn't matter what, where, where I was going or what vehicle I was in. So it's good stuff. But you, you, have got to, you have got to come to a place where you, you have to let God work. And the way God works is we hear the word, faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Where's the word? The word is near you. It's in your heart and in your mouth. You gotta, you've got to hear the word of God that you need. If you need healing, well, you know, you ought to be listening to a great, great man of God or a woman of God speak about healing. If you need prosperity, you need to fi- find a great man, great woman of God to talk about prosperity. And then here's something else about ministers, and I don't want to say too much about this because I don't know who's watching, but there are times where ministers falter. There's one minister in particular, and I don't listen to anything or watch anything from that minister past a certain year because they got off course. But before that's good stuff. So you have to have wisdom. You have to have wisdom. You have to regulate your hearing. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So I've got to hear the word I need. I've got to believe the word I need. I've got to confess <clears throat> the word I need, and I've got to take action on the word I need. Amen. You know, I went out and got the mail today, and there's all this, all the statements from February, and uh, I'm, I'm putting these statements away, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, somebody went crazy saving money. Yeah, buddy. You know, I got all these accounts for the grandchildren. I got all this going, saving money, man. I just went crazy saving money. But that was all based on, that was all based on a Rhema Christos in prayer. That was all based on the Fred Price message, February, no, June of 1988, the other side of signs and wonders in Tulsa, Oklahoma, at the Maybe Center, Charismatic Bible Ministries, and that was all based on the book of Proverbs. So, in other words, you, you have to find a message for what you need. You got to hear that message. You got to believe that message. You got to confess that message. You got to take action on that message. Coming up here in a few months, it will be one, two, three, four, five. It'll be the sixth house I've paid off. Amen. Just here in a few months. Where'd I, where'd I get that from? Fred, same message, Fred Price, Other Side of Signs and Wonders, June 1988, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and he didn't even teach on that. He just used an illustration. But man, I took that and I ran with it. That's right. And the thing I learned about when you pay a house off, then you can roll that forward. Mm-hmm. See, in other words, now you have equity. Now you, you, can, you can sell that, buy, buy something bigger, go, go forward, amen. You don't have to stay where you are. But if, but if you never heard about it, you can't believe God for it. Amen, that's right. 
And, and don't, don't, don't get into paralysis and guilt and funk and say, well, I didn't know all of this when I was a young man. Don't you think I wish I could send my own messages back to myself 40 years ago? There's no telling where we'd be. If I could just take crazy faith and send it back to myself, there's no telling how much further down the road we, we would have gotten. But I can't, I can't meditate on that, think about that, feel bad about that. We got a long way on the word we got. The main thing is to, to take action where you are. See, what am I talking about? I'm talking about faith and prayer. And I want you to get to where you get answers. I don't see the point of praying if I don't get answers. I don't see the point of, you know, uh, having faith if I don't get answers. You need to have a testimony in your mouth. You need to be able to tell somebody what God did in the last 30 days. You need to be able to tell people what, God's, what prayers God's answering in your life. And I know that we have to be careful about that in 2022 because especially at work, they'll sick the uh, human resources people on you. But, you know, we, ju- we can be wise. We can be shrewd, we, but we can find opportunities. And, and then when people ask, you can tell them. You can answer their question, I guess. You know, how come you're happy and married simultaneously? Well, you can tell them, <laughs> you know. I was moving a Porsche 911 convertible back from Colorado one night. It was late, one or two in the morning coming down 287 out there and there's nothing out there and uh, you know I probably had the crew set at three or four over and, and I, I see man a highway patrolman lit me up I pulled over and I bet you know you're not supposed to do this but when you're out in the country the rules are a little different so I got out I was stiff I'd been driving a while and I said hey, what's up man I said, I didn't think I was speeding. He said, oh, no, you weren't speeding. He said, slow night. I said, I just wanted to see the car. <laughs> okay. Wow. And uh, so that, that car had a plate said overcome on it. And he said, what does that mean? What does that mean, over? So, I, I mean, it was 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. Gave me an opportunity to tell, talk to him, you know, rap on him about, you know, uh, The way I was raised, my dad, and I had some stuff to overcome and how I overcame it. You know, it was, it was great. It was a witnessing opportunity. But you need to have a testimony in your mouth. You, gotta, you need to have a good report in your mouth. You need to have something positive you can tell somebody. Amen. 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 And uh, because, the, you know, if, if they just watch the movies, they think every, every Christian's a weirdo. Why is it anytime there's a Christian in any movie, they're the weirdest person in the whole movie? <laughs> You know, except for the blind side, they were portrayed okay there. But in almost in every movie, every Christian in every movie is a total, complete weirdo, wacko, <laughs> nut job. And so people need to know, you know, that we're, we're normal folk. We just happen to believe God, and God is alive, and God answers. Amen. Hallelujah. So our Father God, through the Lord Jesus Christ and by His Spirit, is doing a mighty work in us. Say it out loud. Our Father God, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit, is doing a mighty work in us. And through us, is helping others. Amen. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us, and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. 
come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.